The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome to Remember When, where we take a short break to look back at the trends and phenomena that defined our time as youth in Aotearoa. Today I am joined by Daylight Creative Content Manager Eden french and the spin-off managing editor Duncan Grieve. My name's Jane Yee and we are together to Remember When, Jersey Shore! Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey Shore was a television show that aired on MTV from 2009 to 2012 Six seasons crammed into that three years. In my mind, there's only one. Yeah. The first season? Yeah, the first first season was like a cultural phenomenon and then it just got became a commodity like like everything else. But it just, it felt like it gripped the world. It it, it redefined reality TV. This was back when reality TV was reality TV. Like it just kind of, it didn't feel like majorly set up or anything like that, apart from the strategically putting these people together in a house. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it really just followed kind of what they got up to, right? And it was also about like the the kind of Italian Americans of the Jersey Shore, the culture of them, the the language, the 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 GTL as we were just discussing. Like it felt like a window into a subculture, which on some level, if you look at the amount of engineering that's in reality TV now, feels kind of lofty, even though the actual product was uh, a little crass. I loved it. I would have been eleven. When Jersey Shore came out. You should not have been watching the Jersey Shore. I know. I was thinking about it as well because I think I started watching it because it was on MTV and MTV was cool. And I'm pretty sure I like used to watch some episodes with my mum and dad too, which is weird family bonding and like sorry mum and dad for telling people this. (laughs) No, that makes me... watch it together. That makes me feel better because as a parent... Oh, my children are watching things I'm sure are totally inappropriate for was, their age. I was mature for my age. But but at the time, I obviously didn't drink, <laughs> didn't party. So I was like, oh, yeah, that looks like a feasible lifestyle. Don't worry. And, because- and- <laughs> so, so it was a formative watch for you. You were like, yeah. this is how to live. I was also living through like the relationship dramas of Sam and Ran, you know? Let's look back at the characters who graced our screens. We had Jaywell, Paulie D, Sammy, Snooky, of course, The Situation, Vinny, Ronnie, and Angelina. They were yes. the season one cast. Only the only person I think who changed out was Angelina. Yeah, I have no um, memory of her. Was replaced by by Dina in season. Oh right, three and Dina six. was like Snooky's cousin or something. Was she a cousin of someone? But we're only talking about season one. Yeah, don't even know who Dina is. I remember it, but I never really watched it. I didn't really dig in. I don't know what was wrong with me. It seems like the kind of thing that I just sort of been all over. But at the time, I I just remember catching occasional episodes. So I know the basic premise. I watched it quite obsessively. Uh, uh, Kerry Ann Nelson, former GM of the spin-off, was uh, working at MTV at the time and did like 
an extremely good job of prepping the New Zealand media that yeah. this this phenomenon was coming. In fact, I interviewed Snooky for Sunday Magazine, which I mean, it tells you something about. Did you get the, to meet her? No, it was it was a phoner, but um, but it seems wild to think of an interview with an international reality star being something that would rate for the refined palette of Sunday magazine yeah. in this day and age. But, I mean, on some level that was because of the way that Rose Hall, who was then editor, edited I also interviewed Taylor Swift for Sunday, which again doesn't feel like something would happen nowadays. But it's more, it also shows you just how impactful that show was because it was, you know, normally... I feel like with reality TV, it's a sort of a slow process of just incremental transgressions that get you to where you are. But it did feel like Jersey Shore, both because of what it showed on screen, but also just like the hurricane strength of the personalities, it was just like a monster leap. Mm. Mm. And it was, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff happening in that house. What are some of the things that you remember? Well, GTR, as Duncan referred to before, Jim Tan Laundry, that was the lads, what they'd do. So their days... That's what their days would entail. Just Hard life. Going to the gym, getting going a tan. Going to the gym, tanning laundry, and then going out to town <laughs> on benders all the time. Um, lots of relationship dramas. So Ron and Sammy um, coupled up quite early on. And then I remember season one followed a lot of their relationship dramas, which is quite intense as an 11-year-old to be watching that. <laughs> and they'd bring people home as well from the outside, right? Yeah, all the time. And then they'd, they'd, like, show these people and you'd, like, meet them, but they wouldn't really say much. It would just be, yeah. So they, were, they were actually doing sex on camera, right? Like, it would... Yeah. It, I feel like I can see these, like, um, night vision goggle Which is scenes. just... It's nothing these days. I mean, you've got, like, Too Hot to Handle yeah, and Love, Love Island. Island, and that's just par for the course, but... Back then. Back then, doing the sex on camera, whoa. And what would they call them? Grenades. That that was the thing. Like some of the stuff. I mean, almost none of the stuff is aged well. Let's be honest. But the gr- grenades culture of like, am I correct in defining it as as in like you've got a someone that needs to be leapt upon to save, like oh, like you yeah. might have, you might have a couple of That's people, weird. one of whom is an attractive prospect and another of whom is just, you know, someone's got to you know, mm. take one for the team to use another obnoxious expression. This was all just like part of the vernacular culture of the show. And, uh, yeah, it, it was it felt really transgressive at the time. It probably it was also totally terrible at the time. With hindsight, that is, like, appalling. I can't stop thinking about, like, they would go to town or what was their town and get filmed all the time. And the only time, like, I can only really contextualise that with seeing Police Gen 7 outside the Outback <laughs> in Hamilton. <laughs> and people would, like, dance and do, like, funny stuff. But now thinking about it, Imagine being filmed all the time and you're just getting absolutely smashed. Okay, on that, so I think it was Jay Well did a, an interview. No, sorry, it wasn't. It was um, Snooky. She did an interview with Rolling Stone saying that their cameras were everywhere all the time mm. and you get paranoid because you're like, who's watching me? It's trippy. It messes with your head. I think there were like 35 cameras in fixed locations oh in the house. Then there were 12 handheld cameras and six DV cameras. That's terrifying. There's so many. And also, she said, it's why we fight with each other and that's why we drink. We're living in a house for two months and we can't have cell phones, TV, radio, internet. It's, there's no normal sets like a prison with cameras. The only time they weren't on camera was in the shower. Oh. And they'd have three-hour showers just to get a break. Yeah, to cry. <laughs> the, the, it's funny because you, you, um, that's why the show was great. You know, as much as that is, is intensely problematic, it's also... You, that you captured everything. I mean, yeah. there's that, that, mm. 
the problem of New Zealand t- reality TV where they've got like seemingly a single camera that's operating for about 30 to 40 minutes a day, so you miss everything, you have to explain it all. Even the normal amount of footage you get, this that that is just like a phenomenal amount. And it w- there were clearly like no boundaries, so they'd go so late into the night. They were like out of their minds mm. drunk. They're interacting with the public, the whole culture of what was showable. Like you'll never see that like again, surely. Mm. I have a question. If you're a conquest for lack of a better term out in the town and you end up coming home with someone on mm. the Jersey Shore and you find yourself at the Jersey Shore house, at what point do you sign the release, the talent release? Know. Like do you, does a producer stop you but before you're about to walk in the door and go, we just need to get you to sign this? Yeah. Or do they wait until after the sex has happened and then go, by the so way, if, if you want to be dumb. on camera, <laughs> yeah. then you need to sign this. I mean, surely it's on your way into the club. It's a condition of entry. There's an MTV show happening here. Back when being like an MTV show, this was the last MTV show that was a phenomenon, right? Like you had, you know, Jackass and like Teen Mom and so on. Like this, this one felt like a mass cultural phenomenon in a way mm-hmm. that kind of isn't really possible anywhere anymore. So, so people would like there would have been no scruples about doing it because and then then you've got them for whatever goes on but oh that's the morality no good <laughs> and even <laughs> Geordie Shaw when it came out afterwards it just wasn't the same for me because well it's obviously a different country and completely different <laughs> culture <laughs> and a different name but it just wasn't the same because I just always associate like Paulie D, Jayvon, Snooki and like that crew being the OG so yeah, everything else just felt like a weird replica where they weren't as authentic. There were a number of spin-offs. There was obviously, as you mentioned, Geordie Shaw. There was Walsall Shaw, which is fun to say, oh. if nothing else. Super Shaw, Acapulco Shaw, um, the Paulie D project. That's just to name Super a Shaw? I don't know. Should have done a North Shore one. I feel like North Shore. North Shore. Imagine that. North Shore. Oh, my God. It's not too late, in my <laughs> opinion. Brown's Bay rocking up. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that, like, when the spin-off was around, I, like... Whatever post t- post twenty fourteen. You're gonna talk about Mount Monganoi, aren't you? Oh no, I'm not. Oh. that's that's uh that remains a, a great. We actually, <laughs> this is crazy. I was gonna say that that uh, Geordie Shore characters used to come here and go out partying, and that was kind of part of the promo for the thing. We were, I'm sure that we covered that on the spinoff. But that's right. We we uh, like me and your your. You can say ex-husband. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And your ex-husband, Joel, and, and Amber, who now runs Textbook Productions, pitched a show called The Mount that was like a direct New Zealand kind of cousin of, uh, of Jersey Shore. They did Two GC. MTV. They did GC. Rem- oh, well, that was kind of... Did you ever watch that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just remember the theme song, it really sticks. I'm not going to sing it. But. Well, that was our answer to it, though, right? It was, was the closest was thing we ever did, yeah. But that I, was Mount a big would, controversy. Mount would have been funny. <laughs> Mount Monganui and... The North Shore, two shows that. I really yeah. want to see. <laughs> no, let me know what for sir and I'll move. Copyright the spin-off, but we are keen to pursue them. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think, I, I was tempted to look up and see what all these people were doing now, but I kind of just want to like immortalise them in Amber and just leave them. I think they've got babies, some of them. Again, I don't want to know. I just want to think of them because I tell you what, babies are a real cock block. There's no way you're having the no fun time. No one would be DTF when Snooki's got a baby. I tell you that for free. Hey, thank you guys so much for remembering Jersey Shore with me. It's been a real treat. It's been quite a trip and a little bit dubious, but that's fine. That's fine. It's all in the spirit of things. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and thank you to the spin-off members for making this podcast possible, and thank you to Te Ahe for recording. Kia ora e te iwi. Te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at the spin-off. 
If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.